Welcome to the Sports Spectrum Podcast, where faith and sports collide. Here's your host, Jason Romano. This is episode number 25 of the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the show. My name is Jason Romano. It is awesome and a pleasure to have you joining us here on the program today. So much to do, so much to get to, but first... As always, you can download the podcast, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, everywhere podcasts are found. Please consider subscribing because then the podcast will just show up in your phone every single week, every single time that we release a new episode. The podcast will just show up right there, which is really cool. And as always, you can download the podcast and listen to it at sportsspectrum.com. All of our podcasts are there, all of our content at Sports Spectrum, including a daily devotional every single morning at 6 a.m. gets posted, really a quick two to three minute read to help you get going on your day, as well as content every single day, articles and, and different updates and things on the athletes that are making a difference in the community and on the field and off the field uh, through the lens of faith in Jesus Christ. Also, today, at the end of this podcast, we are going to announce the winner of Mercy Me's new CD, Lifer. Now, a couple episodes ago, we had Robbie Schaefer on, who was the drummer of Mercy Me. Really enjoyed talking to Robbie about his faith, his journey, his love for the St. Louis Cardinals and sports. And it was just kind of cool to get the behind-the-scenes look at what life is like as a musician on the road, recording you know, albums and CDs and things like that. So it was really cool to talk to Robbie. Uh, go back and listen to that. That was really a fun interview uh, a couple episodes ago. But We announced on that episode that we were going to give away the new CD, Lifer, from those listening on the podcast. So the easiest way to do it was to leave a review on iTunes, and we encourage you always to leave a review on iTunes because you never know uh, what might happen. We might give away some surprises on there too. But leaving a review, if you mentioned Robbie's name, you were going to become uh, eligible to win a copy of the CD. And our winner today will be announced at the back end of this podcast. So stay tuned at the end, and we'll announce the winner of Mercy Me's new CD, Lifer. All right, today's guest, NFL running back Alfred Morris. Now, Alfred Morris, this is a lot of fun. We went, We taped this interview a couple months ago at a conference in Florida, And we just had a blast talking for about 30 minutes about life, about his journey. And Alfred's just a really good-hearted guy. You can tell he just enjoys life and he loves the Lord. And his success has been kind of the opposite of a lot of athletes in the NFL. Most guys kind of come in and work their way towards, uh, you know, the top, if you will. He comes in as a sixth-round pick in the NFL out of Florida Atlantic, and he's starting in week one of the 2012 season with the Redskins. And remember that 2012 rookie class, that was RG3, Robert Griffin III, and Russell Wilson, and Andrew Luck. Like these really, it was just such a high-profile draft. And Morris comes in as a sixth-round draft pick. Nobody even knows who he is. And he rushes for 1,600 yards in his rookie year and 13 touchdowns. And the Redskins win the NFC East. Now, any other year, Alfred Morris is probably the rookie of the year. Uh, but because of Robert Griffin III, who had such a fantastic rookie season with Washington, and obviously Andrew Luck and Russell Wilson having the success that they did, Morris kind of got put to the back burner a little bit when his season should not be overlooked in what he did in 2012 as a rookie. I mean, that's a dream season for a lot of running backs, and he does it in his first year. And then his seasons start to kind of go downward a little bit in terms of success. He still has great years in 2013 and 2014, 
But suddenly in 2016, he finds himself released by the Redskins on the Dallas Cowboys as a backup running back to a rookie named Ezekiel Elliott. So we go through this journey in this podcast of what it's like to kind of be at the top of your game in the NFL. And then what's it like to be a backup and a mentor at 27, 28 years old? So I think you'll really enjoy this. We also talk about Alfred's 1991 Mazda 626 Bentley. He's 28 years old. He got this car in college and he still drives. He's had success. He's played six seasons in the NFL, whatever it is. And he's driving a 1991 Mazda Bentley. He still has the car. He calls it his baby. So we're going to talk about that as well. I really think you guys will enjoy this conversation. The NFL season is upon us. It's coming. Training camps start in a few weeks. This is going to be an awesome year for NFL football. And Alfred Morris is our guest here on the podcast, and we just appreciate him being here. So here, enjoy this interview. Episode number 25, get you pumped up for the NFL season with two-time Pro Bowl running back Alfred Morris. Alfred, thanks for being a part of the podcast. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. There's a lot going on with you, man. I mean, you know, what a career you've had. You've had, uh, you know, since 2012 was your rookie year. You come in the league and take the take the, the NFL by storm. You win the NFC East. You and, and Robert Griffin III have amazing rookie seasons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, here you are in, in, in kind of 2016 with the Dallas Cowboys, and you're, you're in a backup role. What's this journey been like for you in the NFL? Oh, it's been uh, a whirlwind. Yeah. It's been crazy. It's one I uh, still haven't fully been able to take in. Hmm. Um, even, you know, like you said, my first year, it was, I mean, I just completed my fifth year. I still haven't completely grasped what what really happened our rookie year. It's just kind of like, all right, let's get back to it. You know, you really don't have time to reflect why well, I didn't. I'm always trying to move forward and get better. And so it's uh, it's been a whirlwind. And to, to go from, you know, uh, I guess just – Seems like to be the top, you know, my rookie year all the way down to, you know, being a backup and, you know, even as low as being inactive, you know, three games this year. It was uh, it was interesting. So I feel like I've been on the whole spectrum from the top to the bottom. Um, even that bottom can get pushed a little lower. But, yeah, you know, see what God wills. Absolutely. Well, let's go back a little bit. Um, Pensacola, Florida was home. Mm-hmm. Football and track guy. Let's talk about what was it like in high school for you. Uh, high school was awesome. That was yeah. some of my fun, fondest memories and my funnest times, and made some of my you know best of friends. I still keep in touch with, still go back and hang out with, and um, so it was an awesome time for me and just really finding myself and uh, uh, who I am and who I wanted to stand for. You know, even at that age, I was uh, grew up in the church. So, I was just going to ask you how your yeah. faith, kind of your faith <laughs> I, walk. Yeah, I grew up in the church. My mom always, no matter what we did, we always, you know, we were at church Wednesday and Sunday, if not, you know, more than that. Um, and, and my dad wasn't really a believer, not until I went to college. And that was, oh man, that was a blessing in itself just to see him grow, you know, from like frowning because he had to go to church to like open his Bible in his spare time, like reading. That was like, Wow, like the, well, let's it, let's unpack that a little yeah. bit. So tell me the story. Tell me the story um, about your dad. Just I, I didn't find out until I went to college, and like I was talking with my younger brothers, you know, my freshman year, and he's like, "Man, daddy's going to church, and he's reading his Bible." So I'm like, "Not our daddy. It's like, gonna be some <laughs> other guy." Yeah. He's like, "No, daddy." I'm like, "What?" Wow. And just come home and see that, you know, my first break, and just like he's really reading his Bible. He's really like enjoying church and he's really growing. It was like, man, if God can do that for him, he can do anything. And that just boosted my faith that much more just to see where he came from to where he was. It was like, 
man, there is a real God, and he really does love, and he'll never give up on us. And it's just, it was so amazing and just refreshing to see that. And like I said, it definitely boosted my faith and uh, encouraged me in my further in my walk. What kind of relationship did you have with your dad growing up? Oh, I had a great relationship. I okay. was, you know, one of the fortunate ones in my neighborhood to have both mom and dad, and I have a lot of buddies still, you know, that grew up in single-parent homes, whether it was mom or, or just dad. Um, mostly usually it was just mom and, yeah. and it was interesting. So I always was knew I was fortunate, well blessed in that sense, um, to have both parents and uh so I always had a great relationship with my dad. He even though he wasn't a believer per se, he, he taught us so many lessons and, and it wasn't something that he just told us about, he walked it out himself. And I know he had a saying, he's like, You gotta be about business and that was his way of saying it was like no matter what you do, you know, you you do it the best of your abilities. You do it better than it's ever been done. And if you're gonna do you gonna put your name on something, you make sure you put your stamp stamp on it like it's like that, you know, Alfred Morris did that, you know, Sean whatever my brother he was like yeah. and you do that or you show up on time, you're never late, you know, you, you, you be about your business and he was like it's pretty much take care of what you, you take care of everything you need to take care of in a way that's gonna make your name like like and that's your name. Just make what you, you put your name on. Like I did that. I'll be proud of your work in a sense. And mm. like lessons like that, he always taught us. And even how to treat a woman. You know, like my mom, he's always opening, shutting car doors. You know, doing things like for anniversaries and and holidays, and even just cause. You know, my dad was always doing stuff and and just loving my mom. And it was awesome to see. You know, even though he was a believer, he was. A, a real father, a yeah, real man. He was laying the foundation. Yeah, he just kind of taught us things, and I don't even think he realized he was taught, teaching us these things. Well, I'm sure he was, but not to the extent that he was. And yeah. and I even slew him more, and I, you know, sometimes I sit in the like, thank you, Dad, because his dad was nothing like that. His dad was, you know, a rolling stone. His dad was not in his life like that. And he could have chose to follow that same path, but he decided to break that and was like, I'm going to be, you know, there for my kids. And he was always at our games. He was always at, you know, always work extra hours. We had a trip to go, and he worked extra hours and, and do overtime and stuff like that to have that money. So, one, we could pay for a trip for school-related or whatever, as, as also to have spending money. So he went above and beyond. You know, my, my dad was, like, awesome. And, and I thank him for that, just, you know, getting the backstory and, like, man, your dad sucked, yeah. but you decided not to, to follow that, to, to be the same, you know, yeah. a model. You decided to change that. And, Break the and, chains. And I, I love him for that, you know, even more so. And That's I, great. Like I said, it's awesome. <laughs> so you come from, you come back from college, and all of a sudden your dad's reading the Bible and he's mm -hmm. following Jesus. Like, what is, do you see a monster change in him? Or do you just kind of see it, the same dad who I've always loved? But now he's reading the Bible and now he's worshiping God. It was the same, the same kind dad the same I guy. always okay. loved, and but certain things would change. My dad was like he had like a a quick temper. He would get mad about the little things, and you know sometimes he still does it, but he's sure. able to control it more. He was more loving. My dad, like, cause he never really showed a guy never showed him love. Uh, the way that I guess you you know most guys most guys are like man you know like you can't even when it comes to loving another guy you kind of like yeah you know like but, yeah. but it's throughout the whole Bible like yeah. just like brotherly love you know just man loving man mm. um, in a non sexual way of yeah. course and um, the, to the extent of my dad's love I knew without a doubt my dad loved me and would do anything would you know die for me yeah. but he didn't like he wasn't like a, a uh, he didn't show it like uh, he, yeah. best you can give him was a, a handshake. Okay, and I remember like sometimes just joking, like tripping, like I was falling and give him a hug. Come here, dad. Like man, get off me. You know, like you push y'all like jokingly, but yeah. he like smile like hey, give me handshake. You know, I don't want to you know, hug you or anything like that. Yeah. And after like just him getting to to know Christ and you know, accepting Christ, and like I mean the first time he told me, I'm like you what? Like what? He's like you know I love you, and I'm like 
wow, like, man, this Jesus is real. You know, it's yeah. just like amazing. What a moment. Yeah, I know. And it was just little things like that. Like his temper wasn't as bad as it used to be. Him telling us we love and just showing affection in a way that we never really seen growing up. And it was like, all it took was one choice, you know, and this radical change happened. It's like, man, like what a mighty God we serve. You know, it's just so. Yeah, man. Yeah. Even now, I still I get like tingles. Thinking about, yeah, I'm like, oh, yeah. man, it's awesome. That's so, great. Yeah. That's good to hear, man. So you end up at Florida Atlantic. Yeah. Playing college football at Florida Atlantic. Mm -hmm. What's college times like? Uh, college was, was, it was interesting. That's when I really, you know. Growing up, I grew up in a church, and me and my brother, my younger brothers, we put it this way, that God was mama's God. God was, you know, our grandma's God. It was our auntie God. Like, we knew of God, but we didn't know God, mm. you know, and college was a time. So I was like, I would always give God anything great happen, grades, you know, get accolades in the football field, like, thank you, God. This is all you, you know. I would thank him, but I still was living in the world. I was, like, lukewarm, you know, and even in that, like, this God still loved me enough to, like, bless me and do things for me and keep me, you know. And it was like, I'm lukewarm. He said that he's detestable. He'll spew out his mouth. Yeah. Yet in that, that sin and that, like, shrouding that lukewarmness, he still was blessing me. He still was loving me. He still was God in shape, you know. Yeah. And it was like, man, like, and sometimes I think about it just like, God, like, Thank you. Like, thank you for not giving up. Thank you for just being, you know, gracious and, and, and merciful and just take being patient with me. Um, so, I mean, just going to college, uh, I remember I was in a relationship. Um, started in uh, in high school, and I was in a relationship, and God used that relationship to, like, break me hmm. in college. And, like, it broke me down to my lowest point. It like, broke me down to my lowest point so you can build me back up. And I got to a point of lowness, and I knew it was coming in. I was like, God, like... I need you. Like, I know, like, I won't be able to get through this without you. He showed me, like, in hindsight, he showed me that, like, my relationship with that young lady was, that was my idol. That was my God. Like, I would do anything for her, you know. And it was like, God was like, hey, but I'm I'm, I'm your God, you yeah. know. Yet you're making this young lady my creation, hmm. you know, your God. And you worshiping her and not me. I'm going to use this very thing that, that you love so much to break you. Just so you can just come back to me. And I, I literally, I just remember being, before, we was about, we was about to play UCF. It was my third year in college. And, and I just, on, on my my bedroom floor, my apartment, I just, like, broke down. I was like, God, like, I can't do this without you. Like, I need you. And I surrendered in that moment. And, like, that when he became my, that's when he became my God and not my parents' God, not my, my pastor's God, not everybody else. He became my God. Wow. And I was just serving for, I was like, I'm all in. Like, this is it. I can't, my way ends in failure every time. I need you. Like, this is for you. And he just took that and, like, he just, and then, like, as I started walking ever since then, he was like, I'm like, I've been missing this all this time, like, just to walk fully with him. I've been missing out on all this. I'm like, man, what like, what, going the, you know, on? I'm like, yeah. geez, like, I should have got this sooner. But his timing is so perfect. Yeah. And ever since then, he's just been building me up, building me up, building me up, building me up, and just been blessing me tremendously. Um, so it's, it's it's been awesome, and I, I've been enjoying this walk, and uh, I'm continuing to walk it out the rest of my life. That's a great story, man. I'm talking to Alfred Morris here. Played Cowboys in 2016 as a running back with them. Let's go back to the NFL draft. Six-round pick, mm -hmm. 2012. What was that process like, did, you know, going in draft day? Where mm -hmm. did, you know, your agents, what were they telling you? Might, might you be drafted? You might not be drafted. Six-round is, 
running back yeah. okay <laughs> okay sixth round at least i got picked like talk mm-hmm. about that what was that moment oh, like? the, the whole process was crazy yeah. you know, i ended up training down img and i we had a great class oh my goodness we had like luke keekley russell wilson kirk cousins ryan Tannehill, uh, bobby wagner <laughs> we had so yeah. many mike mcdaniels uh we just had so many guys like we had a really good group i think one of the best classes ever yeah and all these guys are still kicking button in the field yeah. right <laughs> and you also so, have guys like andrew luck and yes, you know, those yes, guys are still so, playing too yeah <clears throat> so we had just a really really good class and then um but it was, it was an interesting time just being at IMG and just really training get to know some of these other guys and I knew I wasn't I came to FAU nobody really knew about my school yeah. you know and so I know my agent was saying like you know you'd be lower round you know like 6th 7th round maybe okay. undrafted and, yeah. um, but I was always hopeful in my mind I was like I'm a first round like, <laughs> you know everybody like I'm a first round sure. I don't care like God's gonna do his thing you know I've been writing out in my journal some of the things like some of the I wanted to run this time, you know, this yep. 40, jump this height, and do some of the stuff. Majority of it didn't happen, but it was all God's plan because he needed me to hit a certain mark so that I could I would be exact. And that was my real honest prayer. I was like, God, I don't really care where I go. I just want to be where you want me to be mm. and, like, just place me there so I can be used by you. Yeah. And that was my sincere, my sincere heart. Even though I want to do all this stuff, but above all that, your will be done. Like, whatever you, wherever you have me, wherever you place me, I know that's where I'm going to be, and I know that's where you want me to be. And one of my other prayers was like, I just want to stay with the same team my whole career. That sure. didn't happen. Because <laughs> you always want that, of course. Yeah, you know, just because I was just like, I really don't care who it is. I just want to, you know, play. I just want to play with the same team and just glorify you in it all. Yeah. And um, so it was it was interesting and going through the combine. All that stuff was just such a – it was all God, like, you know, setting us all up. I went – my senior year, we went 1-11 at FAU. A school was like, that's about bobbing the barrel D1, yeah. you know. I love my school, but it's just, just the truth. And sure. we're getting a little more notoriety, but at the same time, like, bottom of the barrel. Well, 1-11, you know? I don't care what school you're at. Exactly. It's not fun. And even in that, I started in the senior bowl game. It wasn't supposed to be there. I was back up, but I ended up starting. It was fullback, but it doesn't matter. I still okay. started in the senior bowl game. I went to the combine, the NFL combine, 1-11, FAU. I still went to the NFL combine, yeah. you know. Yeah. I did all these things. I got drafted. Like I wasn't supposed to get drafted, but that was all God. Like, yeah. so many, he was just orchestrating and moving things. And even like in the senior bowl, actually the Redskins were coaching in that game. And, you know, even out of position, I remember after the game, uh, Coach Shanahan, you know, I heard somebody say, you know, hey, Morris. And I'm like, I'm thinking it's like somebody wants some gear or something. I'm like, I don't have it. I'm like, just running back to the locker room. And he's yeah. like, hey, Morris. And I turn around, I was like, oh, it's Coach Shanahan. I was like, hey, you know, how you doing, Coach? He's like, good game. And I'm like, am I? I'm like, oh, thank you. But in my head, I'm like, I blocked the entire game. I didn't touch the football. I didn't do anything significant, yet you said good game. Makes no sense at all. He won two Super yeah. Bowls. You know what he's talking about, though, right? Yeah, so and yeah. then lo and behold, they end up drafting me, and I hear all kinds of different stories about the actual draft night and them you know, choosing me as between me and another guy. And, yeah. Um, you know, he was like, well, which one, which one? And then someone's like, oh, just pick this one, and it happened to be me. But, I mean, that was all guy, you know, just setting all it all up. So it was a, it was an interesting uh, process, and I'm glad I got to experience a lot of things I got to experience and it made me Good. appreciate you know just where I was just yeah. getting drafted but I, I don't look at the same anymore I don't even watch the combine you know, I, I probably won't, I don't watch the combine for sure anymore yeah I probably I watched it a little bit of the draft the first couple you know first 10 picks and I'm like all right I'm just kind of see it's, yeah. yeah you just once going through it I just look at it totally different now. oh yeah it's just like oh I'm so over that you know so it just takes me back to a place I'm like oh that wasn't that fun so let me I'm gonna turn the channel absolutely <laughs> well you know, you mentioned sixth-round pick, you know, might not get drafted. Most guys who are drafted in the sixth round in the NFL, you know, they kind of sit, you know, going in, maybe you're going to sit for a year, maybe get a little reps here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you learn, you just kind of 
you know, take in everything that you're getting, you know, in camp and all that. And all of a sudden, it's week one in 2012, and you're the starting running back in the NFL. And then you go on, and you don't just do okay. You rush for 1,600 yards and 13 touchdowns, and you win the NFC East. And you rush for 200 yards and three touchdowns to beat the arch-rival Cowboys to Mm. win the NFC East. You have a dream season. Mm. Like, that's a great season for any running back in any point in their career and you're doing it in your rookie year as a sixth round pick let's go let's go back to 2012 (laughs) in the season like you say it's all god and that's awesome obviously Mm -hmm. we want to glorify the lord that's what this podcast is about but the success that you have you you're basically starting from the top which Mm -hmm. is very unusual for an nfl rookie especially a six rounder what was that season like looking back it was it was that's a tough place to start you set the bar really high but i love setting the bar high and resetting that bar granted it hasn't been going the way i envisioned it but it's god's plan and i'm sure we'll get to like what progressed after that for sure rookie year and um so yeah i just come in and my whole hope was like make the team Make the team. Six round draft doesn't mean anything. Yeah, I can get cut just like the undrafted person. You yep. know, it doesn't matter. Make the team. Make the team. And it was times I would really be like, man, I'm I'm getting cut. Like I'm I'm not gonna make it. And um, but I was like, no, no, no. If I can, if I go out there and give it my all and just work hard every day, give it my all and, and look myself in the mirror at the end of the day, it's like I know I gave it my all. I can I can sleep with that. No matter what happened, whether I'm cut, whether I'm kept, I can sleep with that and I'll be okay. And of course, all, all the glory goes to God. So and I just right. kept fighting and just kept. But sixteen hundred yards, like I'm not going <laughs> to say it was easy because it's never easy to oh, be playing no, in the no. NFL. My guess, but. That's a that's unheard of for a rookie yeah, sixth it, rounder. So what, what's <laughs> happening throughout the season that you're seeing go I, on? You I have was, a rookie quarterback and Robert Griffin the third and a rookie running back. Yeah, so I, just, I remember just. I'm oh, sorry. I remember yeah. just going, you know, out there, uh, the first game, and it just it really didn't set in until like the Superdome. It was jumping the crowd. It was just it was just like sitting chill, like woo. Yeah. You know, I was like, man, this is it. Like I I've I made it to. All these years, all this heartbreak, all I put in, I'm, like, actually here. You know, like, this is crazy. No matter what happens, you get that one game with the uniform. And I was just a little kid again. (laughs) That whole year, I was just, I was, that's the one thing I try to remind myself. Like, it's a kid's game. Like, granted, it's a business and all this stuff going on. It's a kid's game. And God, like, blessed me to play on the highest of levels. So, of course, you know, but it was just like, man, this is like, you know, wide eye, like, Oh, I'm a kid in the candy store. Like that's just the Did whole. Did you realize though the success that you were having at the point, and you look and you're like, we're doing something that's not common here. <laughs> no, actually, I I didn't one because uh, by the by we were three and six, so the season wasn't going that great that's for right. us. Yeah, we we ended up going on a seven game win streak after the bye week after we lost to the Panthers, yes. and then we took off and you know was able to it came down to the last game with us in Dallas, yeah. and that's how we got to the 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 playoffs, the wild card. You know, we lost that game. Oh, yes, that was just heartbreaking. But we was I was so excited, it's like. Yeah, we did this first year. Like, just I can't wait to next year. Mm-hmm. And it didn't happen, but um. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. But let's talk about all right. You're you're coming in as a rookie. All this success and all this, and as a believer in Christ, like, where's your faith during all this? Because it's hard when you achieve success like that, and you're a rookie, and you're just trying to acclimate yourself into the NFL, and you're this sixth round pick, mm-hmm. and you have this faith in God. Like, where is that? On the, like, did you have some mentors and some people that kind of help you that rookie year and kind of oh. be a good support, or was it really just kind of like, here I am? I, I was just kind of winging. Of course, God yeah. was in the forefront. I was like, this is all God. Like, yeah. He opened this door. Uh, just a little backstory. Um, 
the same way I got the starting job in in the NFL was the same way I got the starting job in college. Is that right? You know, it was like, oh, you know, get a chance. The grand I didn't say I was gonna get a chance. I was like at the bottom. It was like so many running backs in front of you. <laughs> that was my first year, and um, and my, my back in college, uh, I remember it was my third year. So now it's my first year starting. So it was my third year. It was my red shirt uh, sophomore year. And you know, the coach was like, you know, I'm, you know, the, the starting running back graduated the previous year, so the spring he's like, you know, I'm gonna give you a shot. I don't know what's gonna happen, just, you know. And it was unfortunate; a couple guys got nicked up, nothing serious, but they kind of sat them down. In the first spring game, I, I had ten carries, on 150 yards, and they kind of like, <laughs> oh, good. like, yeah. <laughs> so and it was like, oh man, and they just kind of kept kept me rolling. And eventually, you know, I was a starter, you know, come beginning of the season. And then the same thing kind of happened in the NFL. You know, I, I really, you know, just kind of stuck with it. And it's like, okay, y'all been these opportunities to get my foot in the door, get my foot in the door. And they, uh, you know, a couple guys, you know, Roy and those guys got nicked up. Yeah. And nothing serious, but it's like, okay, we can you know, go rescue you. We'll, you know, put this young guy and let him, you know, do something. And they gave me that ball, and I'm like, man. Took like, off like a rocket. Yeah, and I just kind of, it's just getting in. It's like, oh, okay. And then the next game I started. And then, the, the, you know, fourth game I sat. And it was kind of like, okay, you know, maybe this thing is really happening. And so it was just interesting how, you know, like college and the pros was kind of, it was similar in aspect how I became a starter and just got the opportunity to make the most of it. And you're not promised a second chance. So yeah. you make the most of that first one. That's true. And, um, so, yeah, so it was, uh, it's, it's, I always had kept God in the forefront um, of everything I was doing, but I didn't really have like a mentor. Most guys come in and they're a young guy. They, you know, they sit behind a veteran guy, you know, maybe on his way out, kind of teach them ropes. But the veteran guy that was there really, because Roy and Evan, they were a year ahead of me. They weren't like as veterans. Yeah, they weren't five, guy. ten year guys. Yeah, Tim, Tim Howtire, who was the veteran of the group, he ended up trading to ACL, but then they let him go yep. before the season started, you know, through camp and stuff. And oh, it just brings me so much joy to see him still playing. Mm. Man, that's a whole other story. But yeah. um but yeah, so I just I kinda go through this and I'm like I I didn't really know, like, I, I was enjoying what I was doing, but I really I didn't realize like how good I had it or some of the opportunities I had, like while I was doing it because I didn't really have anybody mentor me kind of like this is NFL this is how I was done granted I had like guys like Santana Moss reach out and like you know take care of your body do these things do that. so I was doing that but to, just the position I was in and the success we were having nobody really coached me on that but you know I was always focusing like man God it's all you mm. and I remember before the, the Dallas game like I just you know felt you know to write down like I was like I'm going to get 200 yards you know three touchdowns yeah, I wrote it down like <laughs> well, you ended up with 200 yards and three touchdowns. So yeah, so that's I, pretty good. And it was actually I said 200 plus yards and three touchdowns, but I ended up I had over 200 yards, but I had a couple of runs I got they kind of blitzed and got hit in the backfield, so it negated some of my runs. But I ended up with 200 flat, but I was like, I still you got, you that's, know, yeah. <laughs> little things like that. So Amazing. it was God was always in the forefront. I never forgot. You know, Amazing. Like, who got me there? So I, I got to ask you because I don't I don't want to. We're getting close to the end here, okay. but I got a few questions more that I want to ask because obviously you. You know, you play in two Pro Bowls in your first couple of years. In 2013, the next year, you rush for th- almost 1,300 yards and seven touchdowns. 2014, you're over 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. So your first three years, you're over 1,000 yards. Mm. The numbers are dipping a little bit, but you're still the man. You're still starting running back. So 2015, you're still with the Redskins, but all of a sudden you're starting to, you know, split carries and you're not running the ball as much as you did earlier mm. in your first couple of years. And then 2016 happens, you're a free agent. You go to the free agency world, and the Cowboys sign you. Mm-hmm. Sign you to a two-year deal, I believe. Mm-hmm. And then they draft Ezekiel Elliott, and all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you got this. He's kind of like 
Alfred Morris from 2012. Mm -hmm. He's getting the ball. He's coming in, mm -hmm. and the high expectations were probably a little bit higher being a first-round pick. I want to ask you, just in navigating from being the man in your rookie year to playing in 2016 to the point where you were deactivated a few games, mm -hmm. what kind of encouragement can you offer somebody who's kind of walking through that world of like, man, I just want to get in there and play? But from a faith perspective, how, would that, how did that test you? How did you handle that? That's adversity that you really hadn't seen before in your in your NFL career. Yeah, it was it was hard. And that first year, my fourth year in the NFL, my last year with the Redskins was harder than last year. Okay, but but that last year in in, in Washington helped prep me from my my years past year season I just completed in Dallas. Yeah. It's kind of weird. So you go from what some of me deemed the top, you know. I was like number two rushing in the NFL under Adrian Peterson, who had a phenomenal year. They almost broke, you know, reset the record. Yeah. You know, and just – and if it wasn't for that, you know, it kind of got overshadowed by that, you know, what I was able to do. But pretty much you go from, you know, the top all the way to the bottom. I would have never thought of my – especially the way it started, I would have never thought of my career that I would be inactive. Mm. And that was kind of like, wow. Like, and I just remember asking God, like, how low am I going to go? Like, mm. this is this is hard, you know. And it was it was really tough for me. Um, and that first year, you know, I, it was a roller coaster. I would be, you know, I'd be, okay, I'm good, God. And then it's like, oh, I'm, I'm upset. Not that God I was like, why me? Why me? Why me? You know? Sure. And it's like, and then it'd be like, okay, I'm good. And then I'm bad. And then I'm good. I'm bad. And I remember just like halfway. So the way my wife describes it, I was almost like, um, like I was saying the right things, but my actions weren't lining up with what I was saying. I was really like, you know, it's all in your hands, God. You know, I trust you. I have faith. But my actions were saying, I'm, I'm frowning. I'm upset. I'm like, I'm angry, you know, yeah. and it's like, why? What did I do to, to deserve this? I didn't do anything. I followed you. I did this. I did this. And that last year of Washington, God just revealed so much to me. Granted, he gave me a piece, you know, like after we, I think it was like probably like halfway through the season, like around week eight and nine, uh, we played like the um, the New England Patriots there. And I, after that game, I just had such a peace dealing with everything. But he was just revealing things to me. He was like, look at this, look at this. One of the main things he revealed to me, just to give you an example, yeah, well, is um, he, he revealed to me like how how much I feared failure, hmm. you know, and just how much I, my pursuit of perfection, something I'd never be, yet I was pursuing this, this thing, and it was almost becoming my idol, you know, in a sense. And God was like, just look at these things. Like, he just tried to pull them like, oh, I didn't see that. Oh, I didn't notice that. Oh, I didn't see that. And I'm like, Man, look, I, forgive me, Lord. You know, like, I, oh my goodness, like I got so focused on on me, me, me that I lost sight of my my Creator. I lost sight of the Promise Keeper. You know, like we, we I start looking at the creation instead of the Creator. Wow. You know, in a sense, yeah. it's like, oh, I didn't realize this. I'm so sorry, and I was worried about what man, what man said. Oh, the coach is gonna do. I need to do this, or the coach is gonna. Do. It's like, who cares? Like God is in control. You know, and He had to show me, reveal these things to me, and I'm like. Lord, I did not know, and, and it's, it's wonder why my progression slowly, slowly strike. And he just declined me to a point that's like, man, okay. And he kind of showed me some other things that what they were doing, but that's, you know, it's, it doesn't take a rocket science to see that they were trying to devalue me. Yeah. <laughs> so 2016 comes, you play with Dallas, you sign a deal, yeah. you kind of know you're coming in as a backup, or at least competing, but you all have yeah. a, rookie quarter, a rookie running back who's a stud in the eyes of the team. They put yeah. so much, invested so much as a yeah. number four overall pick in Ezekiel Elliott. 2016 with Dallas. What is that season like for you? It, it was different. Like my expectations, expectations going in before the draft were totally different than 
not even not even after the draft. So going into the draft, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna compete, you know, with McFadden. You know, my goal is I'm, I'm gonna be a starter. You know, yeah. of course everybody's gonna be a starter, and I was gonna work my butt off like I always. And you know, like okay, once I you know kind of beat him out, then I'll be the guy again. It's okay. And then they go and draft you know Ezekiel, yeah. and I'm like, okay, that's fine. I, it's competition that makes us better. I was like, I can compete against the first round draft pick. This is gonna be awesome. Yeah. <clears throat> this is the first time in my career I got to compete against the first round draft picks. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Let's do this. <clears throat> and yeah. then you know, but as the season progressed, it just went less and less and less. You know, I had a, a role. You know, I was playing more. I was scoring touchdowns and. And all of a sudden, it just like started dipping lower mm-hmm. and lower and lower and lower. And I got to a point to Zane. I'm like, God, like how low are we gonna go? Like how low are you gonna take me? Like I'm, I'm willing. I'm gonna do this, but man, this is hard. This is tough to go from the top to be at the bottom. And it's like, oh man, this is tough. So, um, but like I tell the way I explain it, you know, I tell him I was like, I can compete against a guy. You know, I can compete against a player, but I can't compete against the system. Mm. The system is set up for you know for a first round guy to play, and that's when it yeah. kind of dawns like. All right, this is not the same situation I thought I was walking into. And, sure. And would it, if I would have known, you know, that they were going to draft Zeke, would I have did anything? Would I have signed with someone? I don't know. Yeah. But that's what God took me. He took right. me to Dallas, and that's where I was going to be. And He brought me there. I still believe for a reason, and um, and I still hold to that. And let me ask you this: So, I'm thinking of Tony Romo in my head mm-hmm. with the Cowboys, who was kind of the same thing happened to him on a different level. He's the starting quarterback for the Cowboys. He gets hurt. Dak Prescott comes in, and all of a sudden, as a fourth-round rookie, kind of a similar situation mm-hmm. like you, he's pressed into action, and he has a dream season. Mm. So the Cowboys are having success. The team you're on is winning. They're 12-1 and at one point or 11-1 and at mm. one point, but you're not playing and contributing. Mm. And I'm wondering, because Tony was basically that too. He Even mm. when he came back, he knew he wasn't getting in unless something happened to Dak. Did you ever have conversations with him? Uh, just both of you were dealing with something that you really never dealt with. And maybe you didn't have conversations with him, but it just makes me think, like, you're not playing now, but your yeah. team is winning. How do yeah. you balance that? You, you root for your boys, yeah. right? It, it was strange. Yeah. You know, just like, I'm not contributing. I want to contribute, but we're winning, so I can't complain. Right. So I was, you know, contributing in other ways. You know, if I wasn't playing, which towards the end of the season it became a lot, I wasn't playing much, and I was praying. You know, I was kind of joking, saying, if I ain't playing, I'm praying, you know, <clears throat> yeah. just jokingly. But I literally would just be able to cover my team, cover the other team, you know, cover just the stadium in prayer. You know, yeah. like, like this is this is an opportunity. Like, okay, God, I thought you brought me here to play, but that's not what you brought me here for. So I'm just going to let your light shine, you know, even in this dark time. You know, like I was on the sidelines genuinely smiling, genuinely happy for my teammates, genuinely happy for the success of these young guys. You know, I'm rooting for these guys because – that was me not too long ago. You know, yeah. I'm like, man, like, I can root for these guys. And there was times, like I said, it was tough. But like, the previous year helped me prepare for it. So the first year, you know, my first year, uh, last year with the Redskins, yeah. of, of kind of the decline, I was able to um, – God just kind of revealed things and start pulling things, drawing things out of me. And then this last year, you know, with the, my first year with the Dallas, he started spiritually – maturing me even more interesting yeah so, so your your faith is growing in yeah. some ways <laughs> yeah even though your playing time <laughs> is, is is diminishing a little yeah, bit because my focus isn't on the game like it's once good. i realize it's like it's it's bigger than his life it's bigger than his game you know yeah. it's, it's it's about reflecting god and in those times most people look at him it's like what you're going through, you know, in man's eyes, it's like, there's no way you can be happy. There's no way that you can, you know, be thankful for anything. You know, your situation is terrible. You're declining. You know, people think mm-hmm. you're done. And it's like, man, look, I don't care. Like, I still got a small effect. I'm still genuinely just being myself. And I, I can catch people sometimes looking at me, like, on the sidelines or in your practice. It's like, 
what do you have to be like happy for? I'm like, man, y'all don't know. I love, like, I have the love yeah. of the father in me. Like, you have no, this it's, it, it trumps everything else I do. Like, this game means nothing. I love playing this game of football, but it means nothing to knowing my father and getting to grow with him. I would, if, knowing what right. I know now, I would go back through these, these two years all over again. Just decline, the decline, the, the, everything. I would yeah. do it all over again because I've I grown so much closer to the father. And it's like, man, like, you have no idea, like, the, the joy that brought that brought me just to get to know him better. And That's exactly like, what I thought of, the joy. I could just yeah. sense that joy in you, man. Well, let's, let's, let's finish up with this, uh, and I'll have one last question for you that we ask all of our guests. But i got to ask you about the 90, 1991 Mazda. <clears throat> so that's a, a gift given to you by your pastor, or you bought it for, for, for $2 from yeah. him, right? What year did you buy that? Uh, it was my last year in college, so it was eleven summer. Two thousand eleven. So, I so only, you're still driving that now, right? I, I still drive my baby. That's, that's so my baby. It's, it's Bentley, right? Yeah, the Bentley, so, not a Bentley, the Bentley. No, you call her Bentley. Yeah, the Bentley. So, <laughs> please just walk us through quickly why you're still driving a 1991 Mazda when you're a five-year NFL vet. Because it's just I don't know. It's just growing up i mean I, I i didn't grow up in you know the best of situations you know my, we had all, we had our daily bread yeah um, our parents worked their butt off but yeah you know, six siblings six brothers actually and just, six brothers yeah wow. <laughs> seven boys so, in the house yeah Woo. yeah so it was fun times and you know just six brothers and you know yeah. most people they graduate you know their, their graduation presents you get a car yeah and i didn't have that i didn't expect that you know i know my family situation you know yeah. well and then you go to college and i'm like everywhere i have to go like i walked everywhere you know, and I remember guys were like, why are you always walking? You know, like, just call me, give me a ride. And I remember, like, oh, it's like, well, I don't want to bother nobody inconveniencing them. And there was times I was like, I really need a ride because it was pretty far. Mm. And I would just, like, call, like, hey, can I get a ride? And he's like, ah, I'm busy. They would be playing a game, like Call of Duty or something. It's like, yeah. what? It's like, why'd you, you know, extend the invitation? So it just got to a point I just got tired of, you know, depending on other people. And then, you know, my pastor had this opportunity, like, the car, you know. I, I pray out of God, like, I need a car. Like, I need to get around, you know, I have to work. I have to do these things. And so he brings opportunity. So paint these pictures. A lot of times we pray for things and ask, ask God for certain things. And God blesses us with an answer to prayer. And it's not in the way we envision it, so mm. we miss out on his blessing. You know, say if I envision, you know, I was envisioning a nicer, newer car. And what God presented to me was like, here. I have a 91 Mazda for you, and mm. it's like faithful a little, faithful a lot. And it wasn't much, but I'm like, this is my car. I'm going to take ownership of this car. Sure. This is mine. Yeah. You know, and it's like it, it wasn't like some brand-new BMW or anything like that. It was a car. It was an answer to my prayer, and I didn't miss out on his blessing. He gave me that car. So it reminds me of one of all that happened before, all the walking, yeah. all the, you know, lack. And then just the the the, the, what he, the answer to his prayer that he gave me was like, this is your car. Like, if you, you want it, do you not? This is your blessing. Wow. Do you want it, do you not? It just reminds me of that time, and I'm just thankful. And it just reminds me of, just like I said, everything and all where I came from. It just reminds me to, don't remind me to be humble. I can't really say that, but it just reminds me of just, I guess, just the answer to a prayer. Yeah, and just, it came from your pastor, so that's kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I think he's smart in doing that because, like, say if something crazy happened, he just gave me the cards and NCAA and their rules, but he charged me for it. Yeah. And he get $2. And I was like, yeah, let me give you more. I was like, let me give you like 5 And he's like, nope, $2. Take it to leave. And I'm like, wow. all right, take, take I'll the take blessing. It, you know? <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. How many miles are on that thing? Uh, it's like one. 44, 145. Okay, it's not yeah, terrible. 25-year-old no, no, no. car. She's still young. Yeah, she got some brand-new parts, too, so she's running like a champ. How about that? Yeah, That's great awesome. to hear. All right, last question. I ask this to all of our guests on the podcast. What is God, Alfred Morris, teaching you right now? 
Ooh, what is he teaching me right now? Um, just to be content in all things, you know, just going back through in these last two years, you know, I've been at the top, I've been at the bottom, but in all things, learning just to be content and true contentment. And I can say that, I can't say that because I've been like, oh, I'm on cloud nine. I've been to the bottom. Yeah. Like, I'm at the bottom right now. I've been at three games this year. How I started, there's no, I would have never thought I would be, you know, in the boat that I was in. Yeah. But just being content in all things and just really just staying focused on him, you know, like the, and the, one of the, the, the scriptures that come to mind is when, you know, Peter walked on water. When he got out of the boat and he was focused on the Father, he was focused on Jesus, he walked on water. Is when he started focusing on the storm, he'd be in the sink. So we just focus on the Father, we'll walk on water. So that's just mm. stay focused on him, be content in all things. And that's where I'm at right now. And I'm just so happy and excited moving forward. I'm just excited about the future and what he's yeah. going to do and just how much more I'm going to grow with him. I'm excited. I love it, man. That's great. <laughs> it's a great word to end it. Alfred Morris, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Oh, Appreciate thanks it. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed this. And we do appreciate Alfred Morris joining here on the podcast. A lot of fun talking to him. I really enjoyed uh, just listening to his heart. I really enjoyed meeting him. I mean, we did this in person. Most of these podcast interviews we do on the phone, and I can't see who I'm talking to often, but Alfred was right in front of me. I mean, he was right across the table from me, and it was really a treat to sit down with him for a half hour or so and just kind of hear his story of growing up with seven boys in, in the household, including his dad, and just his journey into college and the NFL and becoming, you know, this rookie sensation with Robert Griffin III and the Redskins and and then ending up as a backup with the Dallas Cowboys in 2016 and, you know, how he embraced that. So it was really encouraging to hear Alfred Morris, and uh, we wish him luck, uh, you know, throughout the rest of his career, certainly, in, in, in 2017 with the Cowboys. All right, we promised it. A chance to win Mercy Me's new CD, Lifer. And we're going to announce our winner right now. And all you had to do again was to leave a review on iTunes. Mention the fact that Robbie Schaefer was a guest from Mercy Me on the podcast. And you were automatically entered into what we call a drawing to win a copy of Mercy Me's new CD. So here's the winner. And this winner in the uh, entry comes from Christ Follower 2486. So iTunes. Login name, Christ Follower 2486 And that person wrote, I discovered this podcast from their episode with Mercy Me's drummer, Robbie Schaefer. I drive two hours a day for work and am thankful to have found something sports-related that is also challenging and encouraging me to grow. Thank you for what you do. Christ Follower 2486 thank you for submitting that review on iTunes. You, my friend, are the winner of Mercy Me's new CD, Lifer. So simply do this. Email me, jasonromano22 at gmail.com. jasonromano22 at gmail.com. And let me know that you are Christ Follower 2486. And I can verify that, by the way. Uh, and we'll find out that it's actually you. And then we'll send you your CD. Uh, and it's a great it's a great CD. Mercy Me's new CD, Lifer, is fantastic. And the whole album is full of great songs to listen to. But that is also a reminder for me to any of the listeners listening right now to definitely leave a review on iTunes because we want to hear feedback. We want to know what you think of the podcast. We want to know if you have any ideas for future guests. Um, we're always looking to do uh, and have different people, male, female, different sports, whatever it is, uh, music, movies, whoever it could be. Send us your ideas if you have connections or contacts to certain people. Let me know about that as well. We'd love to uh, consider all types of different guests uh, to talk about their faith in Jesus Christ and their walk and their sort of intersection with sports and faith. So definitely leave a review. 
Get in touch with us. Reach out to us, sportsspectrum.com or on social media, Facebook and Twitter, and let us know what you think of the show. Thank you again so much for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Sports Spectrum Podcast. Thank you.